Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in NC State podcast. I'm your host, David Thompson. This is the podcast, of course, all about NC State football. What a wild week that we had. The loss to Wake Forest, I know, hurts a lot of you guys out there. And uh, it was a great game, but definitely a tough loss. And today we're going to break that game down with uh, the one and only Jonas Pope, the NC State beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer, a guy who I call a personal friend and... um, and someone I think very highly of in this business. I think he does some really incredible work for the Raleigh News and Observer, and he's a guy who, since I took over on this beat a year and a half ago, I've really looked up to and enjoyed all of his work. And so, yeah, we're going to discuss the Wake Forest game, uh, the way we kind of think that maybe this team's a little unappreciated appreciated by fans, and uh, just some other topics. Me and him have had a lot of fun together. We've He's been my road trip buddy. We dealt with a flat tire together in Boston College and um, road trip from Jacksonville to Tallahassee for the Florida State game. So guy I've really enjoyed getting to know. Uh, before we get into it, I want you to know that this podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. Now here's my conversation with Jonas. All right, and I'm here with Jonas Pope, the fourth the Raleigh News and Observer NC State beat writer. Jonas, how you doing, man? What's going on, DT? Thank you for having me here. Oh, well. I've been wanting you since week one, so I finally, I nabbed you. You're such a busy man, so it felt good to finally wrangle you in here. I, you know, I made time. I had to re- I had to move some things around, but you know I want I want I want a day off tomorrow away from sports completely. So I made it I made it happen today. You get the day off tomorrow? And listen, this might walk behind you too. That's, that's kind of creepy. But uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh no, wait, is there? Oh, Somebody pulled the door shit. No, I'm, okay. I'm, 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 um, yeah, man. And I made I had I get I get a couple of days off. I made some things happen. When you when you when you when you grind uh, Sunday through through Wednesday. No, Saturday through Wednesday, you, you earn it Thursday and Friday. You make it happen. So, I mean, when you when you win the day every day like you do, you know, you deserve yeah. a day off. Yeah, yeah, I, I deserve a day where there's no competition. So, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I won Saturday through Wednesday, so I'm, I'm gonna chill out Thursday and Friday. So, where did that come from? I I know ever since I've been on the NC State beat, every every morning I can get on Twitter and I see you win this day. Like, is is that just a personal mantra, or how how long you've been doing that? I've been doing it for a couple of years now, actually. You know what? It started out. It's so funny that I'm on, on the state beat with it because it started out years ago watching the uh, the 30 for 30 on Survivor Advance with, with Jim Valvano. He's like, uh, every day, if you, if, you, if you laugh, think, cry, it's a full day. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I started out tweeting that in the morning. It's like, laugh, think, cry. But I don't know. At, at some point, I cut back to just win the day, two exclamation points. Always got to be two exclamation points, win the I, day. I noticed that. I can tell, like, I always feel like when you have, like, three or four exclamation marks or something, I'm like, oh, he's about to drop a really good story or something. Like, I'm like, he's hyped. He's hyped for today. I am hyped. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't even know. I mean, it's cliche. It's not like I created win the day, but 
No. Oh no. People, people, people really like it. They look forward to it. Oh, so. if man, I'm telling you, I would if I didn't see you do it, I would text you to see if you were okay. I'd be like, is everything all right? <laughs> like I it's my it's part of my wake-up call, like for real. And you and you get up like two hours before me. So I'm always like, oh man, I suck. Um, yeah, I crushed it today. I, I had so much done before noon. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean you're you're always crushing it, let's be honest. Um before we kind of get into to the NC state of it all, I'm curious. You know, you have a 10th month baby girl as of yesterday, right? As of the 14th. When was the 14th? I lost like the days three days ago. As a Sunday. As a Sunday. First of all, she's adorable. Unlike her dad, quite a looker. Yeah. Um, Thank gosh. Look, I'm on a little bit. Uh, <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you manage? Truly, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I know how busy our jobs are. How do you, how do you pull beat writer and dad duty at the same time well uh the fact that her grandparents live close makes it very easy mm. um so my my wife's parents are from raleigh so they're they're 15 minutes away so thank god for grandma grandma volunteered to keep her during the daytime during the day um when we were both busy so most days monday through most of the time thursday which is a multiple i have but like monday through thursday she goes to grandma's house okay um so it helps that I'm a morning person. So I get up in the morning, I get her ready, get her dressed, uh, get her out the door, and then it's my summer work day. So it helps that grandma's nearby. Okay. I thank you all the credit to grandma. Hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah. You know, you gotta if you got built in daycare, man, I, I feel like that's that's how you win the day, at least how yeah, you start yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. So I know that you like to, you know, not only obviously watch and cover the game, but then either Sunday or Monday, you like to relook at NC State's previous game. Now, now that you've, you know, and, and I'm guessing you've watched the Wake Forest game more than once, correct? Um, I, I, I didn't watch it beginning, but I've watched a great deal of it again. Sure. I played back a great, great deal of it, yeah. Now that you've seen it on, on multiple watches, um, you know, can you kind of diagnose what you think happened, why NC State fell short? Or is it that simple or is it, or is it a complicated answer? No, it's not complicated at all. You can't have 14 pills and, and turn the ball over three times on the road against a good team. Mm. Like, it's pretty simple. Like, I don't understand the blowback from so many outsiders, fans, I guess. Like, oh, my God, our coaching sucks, and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, I mean, no, you can't turn the ball over 14 times on the road against a very disciplined team at their place. You can't have three turnovers at all. I don't care who you're playing or where you're playing them at. Um and yeah, you just gotta, you gotta, you can't, those things can't happen. Like they, that's, that's not the formula to winning is turning the ball over three times and, and having 14 penalties. I mean, so yeah, that, that that's, that's the simple version of it. Right. Uh, I don't know if it gets any more complicated than honest. They played a good team, a top, a top 15 team at their place and lost by three. Uh, right. How complicated is it? I mean, you take away, you missed a field goal. And then you gave up a field goal before the half that you shouldn't have, really, in in, in hindsight, mm-hmm. because you should have kicked the ball in the end zone, or you should have made a tackle on, on the kickoff return. Sure. So you lost by three. I mean, it's not science. It's not, it's not that deep. You lost by three because you missed the field goal. You gave up a field goal, and you have 14 pounds and three turnovers. I do feel like just looking at the stat sheet, to have Devin Leary throw the ball 59 times and then have Zonovan Knight run it four times that That's I know. Yeah. yeah. I know coach Dorn, you know, he doesn't like when we question what he does, particularly in the run game, 
and he he's taking what the defenses are giving him. But still, that just feels like such an imbalance, especially when you have a, a defense that's you know barely hanging on that needs that needs you to put together an eight minute drive. And you know, can you kind of understand? I don't want to say a refusal of running, but the the lack of run game. No, next question. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. simple. I don't understand him. Like, yeah, no, like he's, like he told like he told us. I don't know if it was Saturday or Monday. He's like, well, we got behind. Okay, they did fall behind twenty one six. So that would explain some of the throwing in the second quarter, right? When they were, when they were down 21-6. All right, so I can understand them throwing the ball a lot there. But then you take the lead, start the third quarter with Bams kick off return. You go up 20, what was it, 26-20 or something like that? I think it's 27-21. 27-21 or 24, something like that. Mm-hmm. But then you're up. Yeah, at that point, yeah, that's when you start to give it to Bam and Ricky more. And then they fall down again, so of course Devin has to throw it. So I, I get some of that logic, but yeah, you're – your guy can't have four touches. I didn't. Think, I, don't, I don't think I even realized that until you tweeted it or said it. I was like, that's all he had was four, four touches. But yeah, um, you gotta you gotta add that formula in there. Again, especially like someone pointed out against that defense. Like that's that's one you gotta kind of run the ball a bit more. Um, I think we saw it like little sweep plays they had. Like it, it was like toss sweeps to Ricky and toss sweep to Bam. Picked up big yardage, and then I, I, don't, I it, 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 it's. it's It'll be the biggest looking back on the years over, it'll be like the biggest question mark at the end of the year. Like, why did these guys not have more yards, more touches? Well, and you know, and I tweeted that out about his when when Bam has less than 10 carries, they lose basically. Yeah. They're they're 0 and 3. And that wasn't something I had like queued up. I was when we were talking to him, I pulled up his stats and I was like, well, that's interesting and and telling. And and I think someone also retweeted it's uh, or tweeted to that, that if when Leary is thrown more than 40 passes, they also lose. So it's, it's when they're not and they always talk about playing complimentary football. It's like, that's not complimentary football at all. It's not balanced at all. Yeah. I, I know in, in the press box, you get really excited when, when your guys, Trent Penix and Chris Tootle catch the ball. I know they're your guy. You get, I know you get like a percentage of their catching, you know, that's same with me with Porter Rooks. I get like 10 cents every time he catches the ball. What is it about them that makes them such special players and and kind of adds a, a whole nother gear to NC State's offense? Okay, well, plug. I wrote a story about them a couple of weeks ago, and I think the big part is like they they are mismatches when you consider their tight ends or or H back or whatever you call it. Like they are they are a mismatch for a linebacker. Most time in coverage, you need a linebacker or a tight end. Um, but Chris Tootle. You know, he came to state as a receiver. He still has a receiver skills as far as route running and some speed. So, so no linebackers can be able to keep up with him in coverage. And then uh, Trent, Trent Pennis came in to say as a running back. So he has that elusiveness when he gets the ball in his hands. He can kind of run routes and get open. So, they, I mean, it's just hard for a, a linebacker to cover them in space. And I think Wake Forest did a good job kind of taking that away kind of playing levels and make sure like got behind him, like keep them guys in front of them and then try to match up with a one-on-one. That's probably why um, you didn't see a big game from, from a uh, Trent or, or Chris last week. Well, Trent went out, but even yeah. before that, you didn't see, you didn't see much from those two guys last week. Well, we kind of got that behind the scenes feel after the, the Florida state, we're talking to Trent and he comes back out and he, you know, he's putting the sling on his shoulder and we're going, Oh, well, okay. You know, that's something yeah. he's dealing with. So I don't think any of us were kind of surprised to see him, a little, a little banged up. And, you know, the, the thing I've, I've been thinking about all week is they lose to Wake Forest and it, it feels like 
for this fan base. Ugh, season's over. A wasted shot. Dorn needs to go. Tim Beck's terrible. We're awful. Doom and gloom. But you look at this team, seven and three. They haven't won 10 games since, I was it 2002? Or no, they, yeah, 2002. Yep. So, so since these kids were toddlers, and if that are like infants, yeah. And does this fan base not want to be happy? Or <laughs> I, I just like, I just don't quite understand. I understand that this was the year, right? Clemson's yep. not Clemson's not as good as they were. There, there's an opening, but it just feels like there's almost a, a lack of support for, and I get it. You, you go after coaches all you want, but for these kids, you know, they, they see what, what the fan base is saying, and it's got to hurt a little bit for recruiting. Sometimes you're like, Oh God, we lose a game and they're going to send death threats to Chris Dunn or to Devin Carter. Is that like diagnose that I guess for me about just how this fan base sees this program. And if maybe it's just not really in a realistic light. It's wild. Um, it's wild. It's, it's wild. And I, and I can't, first of all, let me, start, let me start by saying this. I can't control fans and tell them how to, how to help, how to manage their expectations. Okay. If you're a fan and you want to be Alabama and Clemson, or you want to be Ohio state or, or whoever, or Georgia in your mind, I can't tell you, Hey, don't think like that. That's, that's no, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to think small. Um, but you, I think you hit the nail on the head. We said, Support the kids. Like, do you realize like we're still in front of them? Like, you just can't jump off the ledge. Somebody, I was talking to someone last week on my Twitter space, and it was like, if Dave Doran uh, loses the weight for us this week, then maybe he's not the guy for the job. Maybe he's he's reached his ceiling. And I was like, wait a minute, stop it. Because let's finish the season. Because if they went out, even if they lose the weight for us, they get they get ten wins. Like you just said, that's only happened once, maybe once before in school. It's maybe twice, but definitely it has not happened since two thousand two. Right. That's a big deal. Yeah. Like ten wins is a huge deal. And like, I mean, the, the, the talk of that has he reached the ceiling? Like, I guess people like in this in college football, they, they're so they're so used to coaches coming and going and getting rid of them after a six and six season or a seven and eight season. Like, this is, Dave Doran's been there for a long time. He's the second all time winningest coach in school history. Right. Um, and he's if you look at it, the team is really trending. I, I don't want to say trending in the right direction. They're really they're consistent. Yeah, there are. There are college football programs across America that would love to have the kind of consistency that NC State has had right. under Dave Doran. Like, right. obviously, 2019, okay, he played a whole bunch of freshmen and a bunch of guys got injured, and they weren't that good. Okay, his first year here, they weren't that good. They gave him a pass was his first year. Other than that, they've been a pretty consistent program. Like, there are – I can throw a dart at a map and hit a program that wishes they had the kind of consistency that NC State has had. Now, I understand people look at – 1979 is the last year we won anything. And then, you know, Clemson has come and taken over and they weren't dominant. You know, it used to be Florida State used to run the league and now it's Clemson. Like, why can't we run the league? Why can't we do this and that? But that, that, I think it's dangerous to be like, let's get somebody else in here. And then you start over. You start from scratch. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, appreciate man. it. I, pre- I, would yeah. Appre- I, I would think, I mean, I can't tell fans how to feel, but I would just imp- appreciate the consistency. And then, like you said, Every now and then, like this year is a special year. You're going to have a special year every year, every now and then, which, by the way, this could still be a special year. Like if State wins out, um, Clem- I, I fully expect, I can, I'll go on record saying this, I expect Clemson to beat Wake Forest on, on Saturday. Like Clemson has won 12 straight against Wake Forest and they're playing in Clemson. I just, I, I just think Clemson's going to be done. 
And then Boston College has their quarterback back. You know, right. they're playing a lot better with their quarterback. Anything can happen. We've been up there. They might get a flat tire on the bus and just win their whole day. So anything hey, happened hey, in Boston College. Hey, that, shy, <laughs> that, that tire would change them, okay? Yeah, people, exactly. People don't even but, know. People don't even know. You know, that, that's a huge part of me that kind of hopes. The other day, remember on Monday, Dave Dorsey said, we need some luck. And they get some of that luck, and they make it to Charlotte. And you know, I just want to see the fan base like, man, look, it still worked out. We're here. We, yeah, we did it. It's still well, work now. And that's the thing is, is like you said, they haven't won anything major since 1979. So is the expectation too high? You know, it's, you know, I'll take my, my favorite college football team, Texas Longhorns, for example, you know, we had those years with Mac Brown, we win a national championship, go to another one. So we're like, okay, here's the expectation. Since then we're now on our third coach, you know, we've lost five games in a row because we keep switching up because we keep looking for that next thing. Keep having to start over. State fans, do you really want to start over when you're yeah, I mean, when you're at a when you're a potential ten win team? Where 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 what is the expectation that you're going to win a national championship? Eh. It's, I mean, it's good to have that expectation, but it's also good to be realistic within that expectation. I, I think the realistic thing for them is we can win an AC championship, and they saw that this year, like. Yeah, we were almost there. Well, they still could do it. I mean, that's, that's the crazy part. They still could do it. Right. But they feel like it's over after this Wake Forest game. And, like, it's been so far and few, few between that they've actually come this close. Like, they were, you know, a three-point loss to Wake Forest from Pops from being – not even winning the championship or winning the division. A three-point right. – a win over Wake Forest would have just putting them in the driver's seat. Right. Uh, I thought I thought Thayer Thomas had the best quote. He said it on month when, when we talked to him. He's like, you know – Everybody said the Wake Forest game was the biggest game in the world, but we beat Wake Forest. Then the Syracuse game would have been the biggest game in the world because we would have had to win that game. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the realistic championship, is, I mean, the realistic goal was, hey, we could have won an AC championship, and you still can. The national championship talk, that's a little bit, that's, that's shooting for orbit. That's shooting out of orbit. But, I mean, you should have those expectations if you're an ACC team. I'm not saying that right. uh, every college football program should, like, natty or bust. But if you're in the ACC, you should come to a school saying, we hope to compete for a national championship, but the right. realistic goal is we we hope to have a ten win nine consistent nine win season, eight nine win season, go to bowl games, getting good recruiting classes, and be competitive on the field every year. Well, and and that's where I think I'm just I'm wanting fans to be more appreciative of even if they're not beating Wake Forest that that they're week 10, 11 into the season and they've got a game that will that is a de facto ACC Atlantic Division title game or whatever like. Very few teams in the entire country have those type of games at all. And so I understand wanting to win it and it's frustrating. And that was a, that was a heartbreaking game. And NC state too, with the, the amount of injuries they've had on defense and the few moments that, you know, this team potentially could be what nine and one right now. I think the only game we know for sure they lost was Mississippi state where you're like that. They never had a chance in that one, Uh, but Miami for sure. And, and then in this last week, so I think just to appreciate where, where you are, even if you haven't quite and got over the hump, just that they've, they, they're, they are where they are, I, I think is a good thing. And maybe you have a better understanding of that, but I, I just, I, I did a radio show earlier this week and they were like, Oh, it's just all terrible. And I was like, is it, is it really, what are we, what's, what's the complaint? You know, 2019 was terrible. Right. Right. This yeah. year, you are ranked in the top 25, ranked in the AP top 25, ranked in the college football uh, playoff rankings, uh, top 25 rankings. 
you're going to have a, a second straight winning season after that horrible year of 2019. You're going to go to a bowl game and you have a chance to win 10 games. Like that should be the, that, like, like Coach Doran said, change in there. And I don't want to stop Coach Doran Homer here, but I do agree with him on that. All right, it's, it's time to change in there. This is the next goal. Okay. The goal of going to the AC Championship game is still out there, but it's out of our control. Mm-hmm. The narrative now, what we can control is we can still have a really special year. You don't, you don't think 10 years from now, like these guys won't look back and say, maybe we won 10 games. Yeah. And won't be proud of that because it only happened one time before. Yeah. I, no, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And and they should be. And and everything this team has been through and having the COVID year last year and all these guys who came back and said, let's run it back. We can do this better. And, you know, they have, obviously they got to beat Syracuse. They really had to beat that UNC game. And I'm, I don't want to skip over Syracuse because I don't think NC state's a team that can take anyone for granted. And right. I don't think any team really in the country in these power five, they play anyone at any, I mean, to bring to bring back my team texas we lost to kansas last week so anything can happen but have you looked ahead at all to that unc game and and what that would mean for this season for nc state to win that senior day at the carter against sam howell who came in you know being the chosen one uh it it just feels like there's going to be it may not be for an acc division title but it could be but it's also I just feel like this this rivalry game, which is always big, is going to be like teeming with intensity. Yeah, of course I can look, I can afford to look at here. I don't have the game plan for Syracuse. <laughs> I don't have to watch film. I can. I'm yeah. We can afford to look at here. Of course, of course, I looked ahead to that because like there have been years. I, I I remember some of those Tom O'Brien years when Russell Wilson was here. They they didn't have great seasons, but he he never lost to Carolina. They would somehow always find a way to beat Carolina. That just made every bad like, hey, we went four and six, but we beat Carolina. You know, like great year, great year, yeah, great year. And those, those were the years where Carolina had a bunch of pro, you know, pro guys on the, on the, on the team. And uh, Butch Davis was their recruit, bring all these top, top recruits. And like state was finding a way to beat them every year. And people was like, Hey, we're good. <laughs> all, all is good. So no, I, I've definitely looked ahead to that game. And like, yeah, if they, if they beat Syracuse, so Syracuse would be what? Win number eight. Mm-hmm. If they beat Syracuse. Carolina would be a chance to win number nine, which would be like the third nine-win season under Dave Doran. And then, like, you're already you've already locked up the bowl. Carolina's what five and five, five and six, something like that. Yeah, they're five, five and five, I believe. Let me you keep talking. I'll double check that. Man, I don't think Carolina's going to lose to Waffle. But can you imagine if like Carolina had lost to uh, to Miami or a loss to Wake Forest? And they needed that state game to become bowl eligible. Could you imagine how crazy it would be in Raleigh that day? If oh, Carolina came in at five or whatever, and they needed that game. And yeah. then you find out, let's, let's say Wake Forest lost to Boston College earlier today. Like, okay, state has to win this game to go to the AC championship. Oh, my God. Steal my beating heart. I know. I know. And I, I really felt like it was going to come down to they were going to have to beat UNC for this. And it was going to be kind of this final hurdle. And it, like you said, it still absolutely could be that situation. And I mean, what a, I mean, story for, as a journalist, right. We're both just like drooling. We're like, Oh my God, that was so like, I mean, that's what we want. And, and, you know, we're not homers. We, I I don't know about you. I think you're the same way as me. We root for the best story and that's, and that's the best story, baby. The only thing that messes that story up is that state and Carolina play on a Friday and wake and Boston won't play into that Saturday. So it's not like that's a good wake and Boston will play first. You're like, okay, now we Mm. know. 
you know, but I'm just, if we're, if we're talking to hypotheticals, that, that would just be the, dr- the dream scenario. Like there would be like fist fights in the parking lot. Oh they, yeah. Yeah. Cause we won't be so hyped up. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to put like, they're going to put like a buffer in, in the press box, you know, NC, NC state guys over here, UNC guys over there. I mean, it'll be, it'd be intense. So I have a, I, I wasn't planning on asking this, but I just thought this would be a fun uh, theoretical question. You're let's say you're NFL GM and you could take a quarterback and the only two options are Sam Howe or Devin Leary. Who are you starting with? Who are you taking? I'm an NFL GM. Uh, man, you trying to get me in trouble here. I know. I was uh, like, this is kind of, this is kind of rude, but this is very rude. Yeah. Oh man. I, okay. That's tough. I'm an NFL GM. Because, and, and here's the thing. I, I feel like why this question is interesting at the beginning of the season, you're like, well, I mean, Sam Howe for sure. And now a couple of weeks away from them playing, you're like, there's a question to that. You're like, well, I don't know. And All I, right, if I'm if I'm if I'm an NFL GM right now, I'm in the green room. I got my card. And I got to pick between Sam Howell and Devin Devin Leary. I'm 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 asking my staff this. All right, this is, a, this is my bailout. I'm asking my staff. Have Have we seen enough film on Devin Leary? Because this is only his first full year of playing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. He got hurt last year. And then his freshman year, he only played like the last five games, but they had like three different quarterbacks. Right. Sam Howell was like taking every single snap since he arrived on campus as right. a freshman. So we have more film. I've, I've seen, we know who he is at this point, even though we know who Devin is at this point. Mm-hmm. But that would be my cop out for saying, like, I probably would take, at this point, I would take Sam Howell just because I think there's more film on him. He's done, he's played more snaps, more meaningful snaps. Devin is great, obviously. Great interview. Always good with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is his first full body of work. So I would like, mm. I would want to see him do that one more time. That's, that's my answer. I, and I, I agree with that. And I'll, since I put you in that situation, I'll, I'll answer that as well as I, and I, I think that's, I think that's right. I think we've ex, with this first year fully of Devin Leary, we've realized that the upside is maybe higher than we thought, but yeah. I think we know what Sam Howe is and he's, a, he's a special player. There's no doubt. So I, yeah. I will agree with you on that. I won't be like Jonas Pope. How could you say <laughs> such a thing? I'm Devin Leary all the way. I, I won't do that to you, but I, I, I do think Devin's been such an interesting story, particularly after the way he played against Clemson. And do you think he gets underappreciated on, on the national stage? I know that's like such a talking point. And I do feel like Dave Dorn particularly likes to really buy into being the underdog and having his players feel like they're not appreciated, but it, it does. And we see him week in and week out, but I do feel like he has exceeded expectations this year. And even if against wake was, was a rough game, but he also threw the ball 59 times, but he's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that loss on him either. I don't feel like he's really lost them a game all year. No, he definitely hasn't lost to the game. He, he, he definitely won them more games. Than right. He's lost them. Um, I think the, uh, I mean, him not being on the Navy or Brian list, I will, I, you know, at first, at first glance, I want to be like, yeah, he should be up there because his numbers are better than some of those guys But the, the playing devil's advocate here. Like I haven't seen every single one of those guys play with my own two eyes. Uh, there's 20 guys on the list. Um, but yeah, if you just look at the numbers and some of those other ACC guys, you'd be like, yeah, Devin should be up there on the list as well. Um, I think around the conference, sure. People respect him and they know what he's about. I think, yeah, he is probably still a little radar under the radar um, nationally. Um, but, you know, what he's doing in this program, when you think about the quarterbacks who's been here, like he's right behind, he's chasing Phillip Rivers and Mike Lennon and, and Russell Wilson for like the single season touchdown mark. So he, he's he's getting the respect uh, 
locally and in the ACC, but yeah, nationally, he might just still be slightly under the radar. I mean, those who really know what they're talking about, they know about Devin Leary, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he still can make a splash, um, you know, in the grand scheme. And that, that, that'll that probably happen with, with one more year of being a full season starting quarterback. Oh, and, and that, that, that blends uh, uh, per- perfectly uh, for my next question. I, I think the the issue that the NC State fan base has had and all this is is they're worried about having sustained success and all that. Do you see the the there's obviously going to be a few guys who leave for the draft this year, but do you see the the bones there for a, a similar like run next year? Yeah, that's what they should be scared. That's what they should be worried about. Who who decides to go and who decides to come back? Um, I mean, Icky. I think we all know Icky's gone. Like he 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 won't come back. Um, that's the only, that's the only guy I can look at who's not a super senior, but I'm like, yeah, he, he, he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think depending on how things go, like they have a 10 win season, explode a bowl game. If Devin just continues to light it up, I think he may like take some interest. I mean, obviously he's not no six, five, 240 pound quarterback, but he's, <laughs> he's shown that he can make all the throws on the field and he, he you know, he, he's poised and he can lead a team. So if he, if he keeps lighting it up and gets in a big bowl game, gets more exposure, he, he might. He might take some calls. He might listen to some people who are like interested in him uh, making the, making the jump. Um, the thing that, that scares me really are it goes back to the running backs, Bam and Ricky. Because what if they get to the end of the year and like, you know what? I'm a running back. I only have so many miles on, on these tires. I know I have the talent, and I'm not getting the ball like I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm out. That's 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 what should scare fans, in my opinion. Well, I I just. It, you know, we talked about it in the the first game against South Florida. You know, they, they both had 100 yards and, you know, it starts to be like, what's their nickname and the best duo in the country? And there's so much hype. And then it's just like, nah, nah, we're not going to do that. And, <laughs> and, and I, I just can't I can't understand. I know that defenses are 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 putting more emphasis on stopping the run, but it's, it's like, I, I feel like they're bailing. They're like, okay, well, you want to stop the run. Well, we'll stop running it. Yeah. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like the right anecdote and antidote to that issue. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's the crazy part. Like they didn't go crazy. If Tim Beck wasn't like, let's go wishbone and run it right now. Wake Forest's throat all day. Like against Wake Forest. Like it's, I don't know. He's not going to do it this week. Cause in Syracuse, they got the best worst defense. Right. Uh, in the league. He's not gonna do it this week. Uh you maybe, might try to get who knows. Carolina. Yeah, maybe. Uh yeah, you I, might you might try to get Carolina, but yeah, that that's that's what's I don't know. I, that's that's when I would love to get inside the brain of Tim Beck and, and get the answer to that. Like what happened to these two guys? Yeah, I, I think we're both similar in the way of that. And I you understand the game. You I mean you used to play football, correct? I mean. 1A high school football. Yeah, but you you put on pads. <laughs> I've never put on pads. So I really, I try to limit my like over diagnosis of a football game because I'm not going to pretend like, I, I would be making a lot more money if I understood football better. I know how to write about it, but I, so I try not to criticize game plans too much, but even for me, I, there's just times where I'm just like, I, what are, what are we, what's, what's the idea here? What's the plan? And, and like you said, it'd be nice to get into Tim Beck's head and just really kind of, understand why he's you know not putting the ball in the hands of two of his best athletes and and two guys who i mean what what bam knight had a hundred yard kickoff return you're like 
Maybe feed him. Maybe he's hot tonight. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. He definitely is elusive. So you tell me. Let me ask you a question. question. But so Tim Beck was at Texas before he came to state. So what did he do there? Was was he a run heavy out or got happy with the ball passing there? You know, he got kind of destroyed for doing a lot of those wide receiver screens that went for two yards. And, you know, it it would have, they called it like the Tim Beck screen. It would happen and, and you'd just be like, Oh God, you know, we'd, there's so many drives started with like a second and 12 because they would try to, you know, throw it out. And, and um, I mean, he did eventually get run out. He, he wore out his welcome. Um, You know, I, I wish I, I wish I could remember more because I think at that time in my life, I wasn't really paying attention to offensive coordinators. You know, I was just, I was being more of a fan of like, this guy sucks without really understanding why he sucked. But I feel like that was kind of his knock was that things became a little predictable. You know, I, Oh, I, you mean like, like now? Yeah, there, there, <laughs> there are some similarities. And, and when I did take this job, I was like, Oh, you know, I think at the time I didn't even realize Tim Beck was the OC. And I was like, Oh, I see. Okay. This yeah. is going to, I think it was, the, I think it was the Louisville game. And I, I think I noticed it a game before that. I, you know, I do my, uh, my running play by play right now. You single play. I keep, I keep a running play by play myself. And I'm, Dude, I love those live updates you do. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, at one point I was like, huh, they call it, they call it pass play on second down. Like awful, an awful lot. Right. And I was like, okay, let me just keep a track of this. And it was like, I think it was the Louisville game. Like, on eight, on 10 straight second downs, they call a pass for eight times. And I was like, okay, if I'm noticing that as a as a, a sports guy, a sports reporter in the press box, uh, I'm sure there's some grad assistant who's getting, that's his job to find uh, patterns right. or habits or, you know what I'm saying, or tendencies. Right. So I'm, I'm pretty sure some defensive coordinators know, realize that too. Right. So, absolutely. I, re- I remember you bringing it up too. And you're like, you're like, and you're like second down. It's got to be a pass. And then they, and I was like, oh, you're onto something here, you know? And, and, and he, he didn't do as much last week. He didn't do as much to get Florida. Cause I remember Florida State game. I was like, here comes a pass play. He, and he, he called a run. And Annabelle was like, aha, see? He, he fooled you. <laughs> I was like, he shouldn't be trying to fool me. He should be trying right. to fool those defensive coordinators over there. Right. Yeah. It shouldn't, it's not going to take much to get us, but exactly. I think you're right. And even against Florida State, they didn't play well. You know, the offense wasn't like exceptional, but they were way more balanced. You know, I I think yep. I think Bam had 12, 14 rushes for and it was and I think the biggest issue with me with that is is just with that defense that is just like that Dave Dorn has now said on a couple of occasions is scotch taped together. It's like, yeah. well, then run some offense that gives those guys a break, man. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But well, anyway, man, well, well, before you before you go, um, you know, if you want to throw out your, your Twitter tag, anything you're working on where any, you know, anything you want to, this is self-promotion for Jonas Pope, the fourth, what you got? Yeah. So, you know, they can find me on Twitter at J E Pope, the fourth, um, anything I'm working on it's, it's the football basketball crossover. So I'm just kind of keep my eyes open and remember what day it is this time of the year. Um, so I'm not working on anything big, you know, got my football stuff coming up. Got a good story on Thayer Thomas, a special teams. Shout out to Brian for shouting me out for my special team story. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a great question. It was a great question. I, I thought that yeah, was, he had a good answer. He had a really, it was really insightful. I was like, I was like, all right, Jonas, that's your story, man. You earned that one. You know, it was crazy. That was one of the best. I didn't even come into that press conference. Well, of course I didn't, because I didn't know who, who we were getting. Sure. You know, we don't find out who we're getting until they pop around, pop up on the screen. And I was like, huh. I mean, every game when he's feeling the point, I always think to myself, man, this got to be the hardest job in football. 
Mm-hmm. So then we pop on the screen like, let me ask him how hard his job is. And then yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's the best moment in our, in our industry, right? It's like you go in thinking something, you ask kind of a, a question that you're sort of interested in, and then you, you find out that it's, you know, something that means a lot to them. I mean, he, he's a talkative guy, but that's the most of, I mean, he was like, he talked for a minute about, you know, that position and where it could take him to the pros. And yeah, I mean, I've, I, I thought that was uh I was surprised by how insightful he was. So I'm sure that's, that's going to be a great story. And before I let you go, do you want to give me like one minute uh, on NC state basketball this year? Just, you know, what you've seen so far. Men and women. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, I'm the rare, listen, I'm the rare guy in the, in the triangle. I love that equity. Yeah. I got to pay attention to the men and women on my basketball beat. No, the men, um, it's going to be, we're going to find out a lot about their character this year and, and, and because they lost their best player who's who only played one minute of the season mm-hmm. and their true post player in Manny Bates. So there's some young guys who have to play in the post who don't have any choice, but to step up now because like it falls squarely on their shoulders to rebound it and get those post points. Um, their guards are really good. I think their guards can are good enough that in a normal year, they can, they can make them, they can keep them above water in ACC play. But, you know, teams are going to be like, well, you guys don't have a big, we're going to attack the basket, we're going to feed the post. So I can't wait to see how they do in league play. Um, on the women's side, you know, a top five team with final four expectations. Uh, lost their first game of the season, but, you know, they lost to the number one team in the nation. There's no, no shame in that. So we'll, we'll see if they can make it to the final four. You know what? I want to say this one thing before I leave to. Give it to me. Westmore league loses his first game of the season as the basketball coach, and he lost to South Carolina. And everybody's like, oh, great game. It'll be okay. We're going to be fine. Great game. Dave Doran loses on the road to the best team in the ACC and then loses to Miami by one point on the road as well. Get out of here. You suck. We should fire you. I'm like, dang. <laughs> it's like, man, like, what in the world? <laughs> well, Wes Moore has also been to a, a Final Four recently. No, he has not. But he has what? won two ACC championships. Did, I thought they went to the Final Four last year, the women. No, but he lost in the Sweet 16. Oh, they did. Wow. Shows how much I know. Anyway, so yeah. No, he, he, I mean, he has won some championships. So I get, thank you for talking about the legend, though. Yeah. No, no, but I think that's a, a, I, that fits with our point of like, if you're a fan, be a fan and don't, you know, jump off a bridge every time you lose a game. But anyway. Like how, well, many, how many undefeated teams are in college football right now? Cincinnati and Georgia. <laughs> Cincinnati, Georgia, University of Texas, uh, San Antonio. Uh, yeah, UTSA, let's go Roadrunners. Yeah. Um, I can't even think who else would like. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure uh, if the UTSA team loses a game this week, their fans are going to be like, this coach sucks. Right, they're like, we're done. Get them out of here. And, like, I don't know much about their program, but I know enough to know, like, they're not consistently in the top 25 and undefeated every year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they, who did they have as their – it was um, – Larry Coker was their first oh, okay. ever coach. Yeah. When they, oh, from Miami. yeah, yeah. That was a big thing when he came there. Cause they're, I mean, they're a commuter school. I mean, they are not a big program or anything like that. So when I saw them come up, I was like, Oh my God. But I mean, that was a big thing when they brought Larry Coker in and, I remember and that. they were okay. And, but I, I do not pay attention to that program at all, but what they're doing obviously is, is uh, super impressive, but I'm surprised, man, you're an AP voter. Where's their, you know, where's their number one vote? What's the deal? They're undefeated. Or like top five, top ten. Where do you have no, them? Where do you where do you have them in your AP? 
Where do I have them? Uh, let me think. I don't. I don't know the top twenty. I can look. Give me one second. How much time we got here? Do you have them in the top twenty-five, dude? I got all the time I want. This is a podcast. These can last forever. Oh yeah, I got them in the top twenty-five. Yeah. Let me see. I, I can pull up real quick. Is it is it nerve wracking to be an AP voter because it is, you know, published to the internet and people can come after you, or, or is that something you like enjoy? Um, is it nerve wracking? No, I really don't care too much about people coming after me. It doesn't bother me at all. I, um, I actually enjoy the fact people can see who you vote for. Um, I'm like, hey, dude, why didn't you put such and such at number twenty five? I'm like, because that's my ballot, not yours. So because I didn't want to. Yeah, I think that's the best yeah. response. You're like, you know what? Go If you would like to go to journalism school and come through and work for the next yeah. 10 years and get an AP vote, then feel free. Yeah, put a, where, where, where are they on your ballot? I had, I had them at number 13 this week. Number 13? Where are they? Am I, I don't get a, I don't have a ballot. David's personal ballot, uh, uh, top 10. Yeah, I got them at 13 this week. That was, that was my, I had them at 13. Yeah. Nice, nice. So top 15, that's not bad. That I mean, for UTSA, that's fantastic. I would have never thought. I mean, they were they were winning two games most of the year. They were losing to like North Texas. So I mean, this is this is big for them. That's a great year. I mean, it's been it's just such a it's a strange year in college football, but also not really if you look at like the top four. So before we go, I we'll, we'll get into this top 25 conversation. Is Cincinnati in your top four? And do they deserve to be in the college football playoff? Yeah, Cincinnati is in my top four. Um, okay. I had them at number three. Okay. So yeah, and I, yes, I think they do deserve to be in the, in the playoff for sure. So what's, have, who's have, your who's your top four? My top four. Um, my top four is Georgia, Bama, uh, Cincinnati, and Ohio State. Okay. And let me tell you, I, I was definitely against the grain because when Bama lost to um, A and M, like I, they were number one, I dropped them to number two. Mm. Like, people dropped them out of the top five. I was like, no, nah, they're still, in my opinion, they're still the second best team in the country. They just had a bad week. Like, they, they're not going to lose to Cincinnati or Ohio State or Oregon. They, they had a bad day and lost to A&M. So in my, on my ballot, did I get, did I have earned the right to? I still had, I still had them number two. Well, and who can look, forget? And look where they are now. They're back yeah. number two. Well, who can forget, you know, when they lost to A&M, all the fans are saying, ah, oh, fire Nick Saban. So, yeah. you know, that's all they wanted. But, well, Joe, you know, thanks so much for, for coming on the show, man. You're welcome anytime. I always love having a good conversation with you and, you know, looking forward to, I guess not this year, but hopefully next year, a couple more road trips. Oh, you know, what's funny. I, I just said to myself, the other lesson, I cannot wait to see the schedule for next year. I know this year isn't over yet, but I'm already thinking like, man, I'm ready to see the schedule like, for next year. Like, where week. are we going? Yeah, I know. So, I know, man. I know, I know. We're, going to, we're going to Louisville. That's oh, for yeah. sure. That'll be fun. Syracuse. I'm not so, not so excited about that. Um, yeah, that's okay. So, so where else would they go in the division play? Louisville Syracuse almost like a pickup. I mean, we won't be going back to Florida. Nope. Because Florida State will come here. Virginia. So Louisville, Syracuse. Who else is in the division? That's it. That's the only, that's the only divisional trips that we'll take. Ah, man. Yeah, we won't be going back to Boston. And we'll be, yeah, yeah I guess we'll go down to Clemson. Oh, yeah, Clemson. That's right. Yeah, Clemson. there it is. Yeah. All right. Well, it'll be, exci- it'll be exciting, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, I, can't wait for, I can't wait for Louisville. I'm already, I'm already circling the calendar for Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be awesome, man. All right, man. Well, well, you take care, and I appreciate your time. All right, DT. All right. Thanks again, everyone, to listen to the Believe in NC State podcast brought to you by Bet Online. We'll see you around next week.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.